I apologize for the uh, timing. Uh, uh, sometimes when there are you know, security security questions on the on the train, so you have to run run with it a little bit. Um, I was debating a little bit what what to talk about here because, and I've shared this feeling, I think, with many of you in different um, forums, we're in a war, um, and we're also in Yerushalayim, where we don't feel that as much. And, you know, we, Baruch Hashem, have this supposed to be in yeshiva, and have regular, somewhat regular schedule, so just how to balance that. Um, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to really try and talk about both, and talk about what's called regular life, um, and also try and talk about um, the situation that we're in, and you know, try and bring those together, um, maybe through the parsha. Let's going to start as we often do with questions. At the end of the Akeda, Avram has this tremendous test, and the Torah describes. That Hashem says, "Al tishdoch yad chalanar, don't don't do it, don't don't do it to Yitzchak." And ki ata yadati ki I now know Hashem, you have Yerushalayim. So the 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 mafarshim are all bothered by the question, "What do you mean? Now you know? Now this was a super nisayon, this was a massive test, and we've seen you know Avram rose to the challenge, but Avram didn't demonstrate anything else until this point." There was no Yiras Hashem until this point. Now I know. So what does it mean, now I know, before I didn't know? That, that's question number one. If we think about Avram's um, other tests uh, along the way and origins, so there's another question which many of are bothered by, which is, uh, I like teasing my kids and you know, asking them the trivia question, which parsha is it in when it says that Avram was thrown into the fire? Which parsha? So, you know, they, they always guess different things, and, you know, what well, wasn't there. Okay, so that's a good question. Educationally, should we tell the kids it's not in the Torah, it's a Medrash, but fine. But why? Isn't that such a good story? Every superhero has that, like, origin story. Imagine Adam coming out of the fire. Like, that, that, that's a good image of, like, a, of, on a comic book. Um, so why isn't it there? It's a Medrash. Finally... In um, Pirkei Avos, and we discussed this um, a little bit uh, last week, some of us, but you know, we'll revisit it from a different angle. The Metro says, the, the mission, sorry. Avram had ten tests, and he passed all of them. The Rishonim debate, what were the tests? So, the most common approach, if you look in the Rambam and others in Pirkei Avos, um, they'll tell you the tenth test, okay, to see it's luck. What could be more challenging? It's a build-up. This one, then this one, then this one. And and that was it. What, what could be more challenging? But if you look at Rabbi Yon and the Pirkei there, he says, test number 10, bearing sorrow. So, really? That was the climax of the tests? We're building, we're building, we're building. And then you got to bury your wife. Now, you know, we're, we're not... Um, minimizing the the um, challenge and the grief of bearing a spouse. But in comparison to Akedas Yitzvak, well, you know, uh, Sarah was not a young lady at that point. She apparently seems to have died of somewhat natural causes. Does that compare if we were number nine, number ten? 
So why, why should that be number 10? So those are the three questions I'd like to try and um, think about and develop uh, an approach which hopefully will be relevant for us as well. So just to review, question number one, why does it say at the end of the Akedah, now I know you of Yerushalayim, where was the Yerushalayim until now? Question number two, why is it that the whole episode of Orkasim, Avram being thrown into the fire, doesn't appear in Tosh Pachsav? And question number three, particularly how do we understand Ben Yonah telling us that the tenth test of Avram was um, burying Sarah? that whole episode. So, what I'd like to do is, you know, in maybe typical fashion, I'd like to, to begin to unravel this a little bit with another question. A very Jewish answer. Um, which is a Rambam. The Rambam, in the beginning of, no, in the middle of Hilchus Yisrael Torah, describes the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. But if you pay attention, the Rambam really has two different definitions of the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. I'll read you some of it. He says, Kol Yisrael al Hashem. Everyone has, is commanded in the midst of Kiddush Hashem. And he skips, Kate said, what, what, what's the scenario? How do we do Kiddush Hashem? When a guy comes to you and says, do this mitzvah or I'll kill you, and again, given the circumstances based on, based on the sugyas, if in a situation where I, I would give up my life, so you give up your life. That's Kiddush Hashem. That's Halacha Aleph in, in Perkei of the Rambam. And then in Perkei Yud, in, in Halacha Yud, I'm sorry, the Ram says, If you don't do an Avera, or it's, or it's a mitzvah, and you do a mitzvah, he doesn't specify the mitzvah, you do a mitzvah. You're not doing it for any ulterior motives. Because Hashem told you to do it, he gives an example of Yosef. That's a Kiddush Hashem. So what's a Kiddush Hashem? Is a Kiddush Hashem, you give it your life? Or is a Kiddush Hashem, you do a mitzvah? Any mitzvah. So, many point out that there are two different types of Kiddush Hashems. There's dying Al-Kiddush Hashem, and there's living Al-Kiddush Hashem. That's really those two elements of the Rambam. Halacha Aleph in the Rambam, dying Al-Kiddush Hashem. Halacha Yud, there's living Al-Kiddush Hashem. And living Al-Kiddush Hashem is not a momentary decision. It is a lifetime decision. It's an ongoing, unfolding process that we're involved in of living Al-Kiddush Hashem. Now, the goal here is not to um, dwell on living, in al- living Al-Kiddush Hashem, what does it mean in, in respect to how others view me, but just th- that idea that, l- that there's a difference between doing that momentary act and an evolving process that is my entire life. And I think this really um, is the framework that I once saw from a friend um, in, in, in discussing that the question, why is it that the um, story of Orkasim, Avram thrown into the fire, why doesn't that appear in the Torah? So Avram, um, my friend quotes from the Samderach, one of the Rosh Yeshiva's Hebron, but he writes, I'll, I'll, I'll read you um, a little bit from my friend. He says, there, there are two types of nisyonus, um, of, of challenges we face. There are the glamorous nisyonus, moments that are going to define who we are, and then there are the little nisyonus we face on a day-to-day basis. Two different types. When a person is aware that he's, he's facing a big nisayon that will involve serious self-sacrifice, he can offer, often muster the courage and determination to make the proper decision. If you think about Halacha Aleph in the Rambam, dying al-Kiddush Hashem, unfortunately, we have, a, as, a, as, as a people, a track record of that. And we have, you know, records of people dying al-Kiddush Hashem, not the Gedolim, the Tzaddikim, the, 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 everyone. All different types of people. 
And that's tremendous, and that's amazing, and it's inspiring and scary. How could we, you know, what would happen if I was in such a situation? What would I do? Could I make the right decision? Could I not make the right decision? But what Rabbi Friend is pointing out is that it's a momentary decision. Now, it's a weighty decision. It doesn't come easy. But it's a momentary decision, and given the circumstances, we feel like this is a, a heavy decision, and often we can muster the courage to do it. So says our friend, Orkastin was a glamour variety in Nisayan. It was glamorous. Jump into a fire, come on, the whole world's watching, a challenge, a, a, a face-off, me versus you, I'll do it, everyone will see, what a kish Hashem, it will inspire everyone. It was, ob- it, was, it was obvious that it was going to be a, a, a defining moment in the journey of Avram, and really, potentially, the journey of the Jewish people, mon- monotheism in the whole world. Then Rabbi Fran writes, let's read it to you, or cast in moments are fleeting. Fleeting. They don't present an accurate depiction of the person who heroically emerges from them. Because at the end of the day, I mustered the courage, given that moment. You know, the story of the, the mother who's able to lift up the, the car to save her child? Yeah. In that moment, she has... Does that mean that she, she can bench press more than anyone else? No. But in that moment, somehow she mustered the courage. And then Rabbi Fran says, they're lechacha nisyan, is what he calls Lechacha Nisayan is when you decide whether to get up on time for Minyan. That's a Nisayan. Many of us struggle with that. Can I get up on time? Get not on time. I'll come late. I'll come eventually. I'll put on tefillin before Seder starts. All happens. Lechacha is when you come home from work exhausted. You have to decide whether to learn with your child and help him with his homework or tell him do it yourself and you check my emails. My friend, okay, it's, it's outdated. We check WhatsApps, whatever. Very friend says, no one would say the challenge of should I learn with my child right now is a challenge. That's in a sense defining moment. It's just part of life. Life is re- regular life. So Very friend says, that's the difference. That Parshatacha, and I would really think Parshatacha also, um, is really the same thing. But Parshatacha, Vayera is this magical Parsha. There's angels, there's destruction, there's, you know, this is, you know, otherworldly. Big Nisyonis. We, we, we could see, you know, maybe I could step up to the plate a little bit here. I think about Chayisara. Bearing, finding a wife. Parnasa. The sandwich in between, um, sandwich around, rather, um, Parshat Vayera are just mundane things. Okay, it's Avram, there's a lot more riding on this, but at the end of the day, Rabbi Fran says, health, child rearing, financial problems, go down to Mitzrayim. It's all quote-unquote regular. And he says, those nisyonos are no, are no less important, or no less challenging. They're just less glamorous. And I think this is something which we can, on a certain level, identify with. That, yeah, there's lots of things in my life that are just part of life. I'll share one that I was thinking about on my way over here, as I was thinking about this. Which, um... I think seems like a very mild example, um, and but uh, just from my own personal life, um, we used to have every um, Friday night, basically every Friday night, um, with my grandparents. They'd usually come to us, um, and often on a Sunday afternoon, chutzarts. Remember those chutzart Sundays? So we'd see with my see my grandparents at some point, um, and my 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 grandfather predeceased my grandmother. Um, so she was, you know, alone for the last twenty-some years of her life. 
So at one, at one point we were speaking on, I don't remember, it was a Friday night, a, a Sunday a Sunday afternoon, and my parents said, oh, you know, I'm, I was going to do some activity around where, where she lived. So she said to me, you know, as a, as a joke somewhat, maybe she'll stop by. So let me just paint the picture. My grandmother must have been in her late 80s. She was not a lively in her late 80s. Um, I was a teenager who just wanted to play basketball. Um, and, you know, frankly, I don't know, could not see myself spending an hour or two with my grandmother. What were we, we going to do all day? Did she want to play basketball with me? Like, what, what exactly was going to happen there? Um, so I had, I'll, I'll be honest, I had some lolishma reason, right? Chazal say that if you do something lolishma for other reasons, my grandmother was a good cook. Okay, so there, there was a meal involved. But, you know, so, so what happened? If we put it like Chasidish terms, I had a yechidus with my grandmother for like one, once a week for a, a very long time. And, you know, if you think, if I thought about it at the time, that's not a nisayon, that's just life. My grandmother said something, she's alone for 15 years already. Well, okay, it's fine, she'll be alone for another hour a week. Who cares? My, my, my aunt was very good, my aunt always went there, my father stopped by. Yeah, I see her anyways. I see her on a Friday night. I see her on on a, on a Sunday afternoon or something like that. Come on. But I'll, I'll tell you that um, I gained tremendously. Um, my cousins who were not there, my sister who's younger than me, doesn't have the same stories from my grandmother. I, I got tons of stories. I got the inside scoop about my, about my father, about everything. So, you know, it doesn't look like any Sion. It just looks like life. But if you think about it, it can be a life-altering decision. Because I'm in a different position, and I have a different connection based on, based on those hours I spent with my grandmother. It's just life. I think this is also, I heard in the name of um, Rev. Rosenzweig from YU, that this may be the path in Rabbeinion as well. That the ultimate goal of the Nisyonos, the development of Avram Avinu, is not to be at the stage of the Akedis Yitzhak. The stage of the Akedis Yitzhak is, wow, unbelievable, who could imagine that, beyond what we, can, what we could think about, theologically challenging, whatever. But the next Nisyon was, okay, let's bring this down to real life. Forget for a second all the way out there. Forget. Let, let's bring this down into in, 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 into real life. You know, could Avram keep up that intensity, the devotion that he had in the moment, that obvious moment of Nisayan of Akedat Yitzchak, when it's quote unquote regular life? One of the things that always struck me is um, those of us that have followed sports at some point in our lives, or follow sports in our lives. Um, you know, game seven of the finals is like the, you know, is the ni'ila of, of the sports world. And I, don't, I don't have no idea how to put it. Right? You know, you know that, you know, just those of us that discussed this, um, you know that, that moment in ni'ila where, well, we think it's over, and then there's Avina Malkenu line by line. Some of us have discussed that point. And you just decide to go for it. I'm here anyways. Put all the cocos into it. That's game seven of, of 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 the finals of whatever sport you're in. And you know it's natural, somewhat, in that situation to go all out because this is it. It's do or die. 
if we don't if we don't win, we're done. The game's over. The season's over. That's it. I remember. Um, I think I mentioned once to some of the Chavra that my goal whenever I give a shmuz is to reference basketball as much as possible. Um, I remember just, you know, what, what we call Girsu Diankasa, you know, what you, 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 Chazer, what you learned as a kid. Um, so, so I remember probably seeing interviews or something of the teammates of Michael Jordan. And they said he was the worst teammate ever because we hated him. Why did we hate him? Because when we practiced, he played like it was game seven of the finals. <laughs> We're practicing. Come on, take it easy a little bit. We're not taking it easy. We're going to play with just the same amount of intensity that we do in game seven. We're going to do it right now, every day. They said, but that was the difference. That made us so much better. Because we realized, look what we can do. Every game, every practice became like a game seven. That's, I think, what um, what, what Rosenzweig, Rose, Rosenzweig said nothing about Michael Jordan, just, just to be clear. Um, but I think that's that, that's this Nisayan here of the Rabbeinu The Nitziv, in his uh, introduction to Bamidbar, points out that Am Yisrael living in the Midbar is a supernatural existence. You know, what they're eating, their clothes, the protection, it's, it's supernatural. But the goal is not to remain in the Midbar. The goal is to transition from the Midbar to Eretz Yisrael. And once they hit Eretz Yisrael, no more man, no more Ananiya Kavod, no Be'er, regular existence. That's the goal, is to transition from that supernatural existence, that, you know, Vayera type of existence, back to Chayisara. Rav Miller, the Rishkal and Grus, often like saying that the Yeshiva experience is a, is a Midbar experience. Everything's taken care of for you. you know, for the, especially one of the guys in the dorms. <laughs> you come upstairs, you roll downstairs, the minion's right there. You just you know, move over and the food's there. You move back to the base mattress, you just, it's all taken care of for you. Uh, the big schlep is going to do laundry downstairs, like, really? <laughs> in shops is like, really, what, is, what do you have to do? It's a midbar type of existence. Beautiful, amazing, spiritual, we're focused. But Miller like saying that it can't that, that that's not sustainable, and the goal is not is, is is that that is that it should not be sustainable in that model. We have to move into into the quote unquote real world. That doesn't mean we have to leave the base medrash. That doesn't mean that we can't learn. But at a certain point, just, you know, guy says I want to learn polo for the next fifty years. Okay, you're gonna get, want to get married at some point, want to have kids at some point, you want to do laundry at some point in your life. How's this gonna work? You have to be able to move from from one to the next. That's what um, Talmud Torah is as well. The Gemara, in a number of places, talks about a machokis, what's great, a maisa or, or limud, action or learning. And, okay, you know, significant machokis in the Mepharshim, how to understand this, but on the simplest level, the Gemara concludes learning is better because learning generates action. There is, um, there is a Gemara, a couple places, which seems to indicate, and this is not a comment about our or any other yeshiva's style of learning, but seems to indicate that the, the highest level of learning, or the goal of what we, one should do when they're learning, is lasuke shmaisalib dehochsa, to translate the, the learning into practical applications of that. The Ramban, in his Igeris Ramban, points this out as well. Ramban says, whenever you finish learning, you've got to stop and see, let's think about it. How can I apply this? 
Learning is not meant to be in the ivory tower. Let's just keep it there in the theoretical world. We need to be able to translate that into, into practice. The Ramban also, the same Ramban says this in, in, in regards to the, that line, that line um, after the Akedah we, we spoke about, va'ata, va'ata, and now I know. Hashem says, now I know. So the Ramban says, what does that mean? He says, because up until now, Avram, I only saw potential. But it wasn't actualized potential. Now that you've done this, I've a- you've actualized the potential. The goal is not simply to have the potential, to remain in, in, in this bubble, but to actualize the potential, bring it out, and not just remain in, in this type of, um, in this type of uh, environment. So, there's a, there's a Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi says, so says Yerushalmi, Hashem commands Moshe and Aaron, this is while they're still in Mitzrayim, and says Yerushalmi, what was the command? What mitzvah did they get? So Yerushalmi answers, to free the slaves. So says Rechaim Shulevitz, why? Why that mitzvah? Why then? So he says, because they're leaving Mitzrayim, so what's on their minds? Freeing slaves. So you have to capitalize on that. Right then and there, you've got that feeling, you've got that inspiration, let's capitalize, let's capitalize on it. Let's not wait till the, the next day, the next morning. Oh, remember how we felt yesterday? Well, I don't feel that way anymore. Capitalize on it right now. I always had a kasha um, on... Um, most... Me, no, I don't say most... Many movies. Some, some of us know what a movie is. Um, by the by, the Hasidim, they say um, they say a movie is the first word of Masech Erevin. Um, if you right, the first word of Masech Erevin is a mavoi, but if you say it with a Hasid, it sounds like movie. Yeah, they say the first word. That's a, by a Hasid, a, a movie is the first word. Um, but for those of us that maybe aren't Hasidim, um, I was was bothered that you know there are many movies that the basic premise and plot is something goes bad, there's a big struggle. We work hard. We build. We build teamwork. Something like that, and then the, the, everything ends. Some people might die along the way. It might be a battle. I know what type of movie it is. And then the end is well, you know, they, they pan to, to like six months later or something, and then we're just like repainting the house and we're rebuilding and we're just going back to normal. And it's like a big bracha. Wow, we made it back to normal. We made it back to where we were. And I was always bothered. Really? Like what happened psychologically in between? You were just in war or something. No, just let's paint the fence again. That, that, that would solve all our problems. I, I never understood it. If you... I'm, my goal is not to be political, and I try not to be political, but um, if you've been following the news, um, political and mi- military arenas, you know, one of the things they've been talking about is we're not going to go back to the status quo. We can't go back to the way it was. And on a personal level, the same is true also. We can't go back to the way we were. We we're, we are right now, some of us more, some of us less, in what Rabbi Frank called the glamorous type of Nissan. It's it's hard. It's hard on multiple levels, but we feel it. Look, Kalitzel's at war. Look what they want to do. Look at the Achdus. Look at the learning. Look at the Tefillah. Look at the Tehillim. Look at all the initiatives. It's very glamorous, and we can all we have all to one degree or another stepped up. We're pushing ourselves. Our school is talking about Ritzifus. Let's learn. And now, no talking other than the learning. 
Wow. I'm pushing myself. That's, that's tremendous. But, maybe I'm crazy, but I believe that we will not remain in this war state forever. There will be a day, I believe, where we'll walk into the base medrash as Talmidim of Yeshiva, not soldiers of the Yeshiva. So I believe. When that will be, I have no idea. So, knowing, given that assumption, so what's going to be different? We've now shown, remember the Ramban told us, you've shown, you've demonstrated the strength. You've shown that inner fortitude. You were able to push yourself in the glamorous Nisayan. Okay, but let's go back to the last Nisayan. Bearing sorrow. Are you able to go, Michael Jordan, game seven, in the, in the practice, when it's not so glamorous, when it's just everyday life? So maybe some of us say, okay, I can push myself now, I can learn Berusifus for an hour. I could do chesed for, for this amount of time. I don't need to sleep as much as I th- as thought. I could show up for minion more. Okay? But what about when, when I don't feel that push in the same way? So now what? So, you know, what I'd like to um, suggest or to push is that we need to start already thinking now what's going to be afterwards. Because this isn't going to last. We're not going to be in the glamorous design forever. So what are we going to take with us from what we're doing now and translate that and make it real and meaningful and say, look, I proved to myself that I can do it and then I'm, I'm going to be solid with it now, especially because we've got to be solid now. We've got to be doing everything we can now. But even afterwards, whenever this ends, but I'm still going to be doing it, even when it's not the glamorous Nisayan, it's going to be the, the regular type of Nisayan.